Zanger, 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 Zanger. Pretty sure that sounds familiar. Well, you made it. You're here. Welcome to the Offcast. So, I'm going to start off with the usual things. All the opinions that get expressed here are only the opinions of those who are featured. And anything that is expressed by me is solely an opinion of myself. Alright? I thank you so much for your support. Let us offcast. The journey with Mo Malele continues as we go into more detail about why she indeed writes, some exclusive reflections on the music of the album, how her environment plays a role, and a few views about the world itself. Let's dive in. Best album. Um, mm. I still think he's, he's like, especially from that era. So I was listening to a lot of that material at the time. So when I wrote those two tracks, actually, I was listening to the, like that album. Mm. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. Like, it gives you like, so much more perspective. You're really yeah. Yeah, you're really getting the in, like you're really getting the inside scoop here. Um, <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, for real, because because I've never shared this with anybody else. Like this is this is literally the first time I'm 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 actually telling people the story behind um a lot of these poems. Mm. And in fact, actually, since we're since we're in it, um uh. Or maybe we'll get in it a bit later when you tell me what your favorites are. But some of these poems, well, you would know this. Some of these poems were written back in those UCT days. Mm, they do sound familiar. You might recognize. Yeah. yeah. You might recognize some of them here and there. They were actually yeah. written in, back in those UCT days. Um, you know, like and like back in, you know how varsity was in peaks and valleys. Some of these poems were written in the valley, like hey. like deep in the valley, hey. yeah. like deep in the valley of like, like. Like, we're like a degree is the promised land you're not sure you'll get to, deep in that valley. So, so I would say another big part of the influences that I have is, is, is music and music culture. Mm. Um, yeah. So, like, a lot of the stuff is from, mm. the, from the back of, of music. So, actually, for example, Forgive Me First Love was written um, when I was listening... <laughs> I was listening to the Adele album. Whoa, was it no. Chasing Pavements? <laughs> I, think, I think it was the Chasing Pavements album, but it wasn't Chasing Pavements. So on that album, there's a track. I think it's, I think it's number 10 of 11 songs or mm-hmm. 11 of 12, but it's like literally at the bottom end of that album. It's called First Love. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and, and that's actually where, where, um, I was at when I was writing Forgive Me First Love. So I just remember, so actually one of the things you'll find about my music conspirations, it's normally not the tracks that people remember from the album or the tracks that were released as singles or whatever. It's usually just a random track that I'm not even sure the artist would remember was on the album. <laughs> if I went to Adele and I was like, remember that track, First Love, on that Chasing Papers album? She'd be like, girl, what you talking about? Like, <laughs> She'd be like, damn, yeah, you like, actually listen to that? Like, what are you talking about? You listen, you listen to that track? Like... You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> okay, I got you now. Um, but I find inspiration uh, generally from those like, like what I call like the lost tracks of an album. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so like music influences uh, my writing culture quite a bit. Um, uh, yeah. 
Mm, okay, now I got you. I got you. Interesting. Okay. One, yo, guys, I don't know whether it's the first time I listened to it or now. I'm even, I'm used to it by now, but it still gets to me, right? In fact, two of them, right? Why I write and the struggle, yo, I, I can't, hey, I can't. They, they have a brother in his fields every single time, right? And, um, going firstly to why I write, yeah? Yo, you, you literally left no stone unturned. Right, you left no stone unturned. You are talking about from from the child who's struggling to you know the mother who is just hustling to the guy in the big city, you know, who's just trying to make a living to anybody, right? And it's it's such a it's such a selfless um, feeling that you get. Like um, you're not pitching yourself as a savior, but you're pitching yourself as one of the people, you know. Um, in that this whole thing is bigger than you, right? It is for everybody. And the same comes through on, on, on passion is the currency of the living, right? Um, and I want to know particularly like about those two, like what was happening, right? When those two were being written. Um, okay. So let me, I have to think, um, let me actually, I'm just going to stand up and see if I can grab <laughs> some of the lyrics here. Um, so why I write, I think actually like why I write is, it's one of those pieces that, um, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, but why I write is one of those pieces that it, 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 it just snowballed. Like I remember when I was writing this poem, I think I started writing it. Um, late one day after like a day of lectures. Once again, this was written back in my UCT days. I remember I wrote this in, at, mm. I, was, I was living at Forest Hill at the time. Mm. Um, mm. I was living at Forest Hill at the time. The infant. <laughs> Shout out to Forest Hill. Like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> like whoever's going to listen to this is just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be taking people through like their UCT days, mm. Kangan. Um, <laughs> back in memory lane. Um, mm. you, you know what I mean? Um, but like when I wrote this track, I remember I, I started writing and I couldn't stop writing until I was finished. I think I wrote into the night. I like, I wrote till like the wee hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote, yeah, I remember it was like, I think I started on like a Friday or something like that. And I wrote it into the morning hours of the Saturday and then I got to bed and then I woke up and then I finished it up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote it, originally when I wrote this poem, it was written, once again, you know, the musical influence always comes through. It was written to the instrumental of Christina Perry's um, A Thousand Years. So the track from the, the Twilight movies, okay. A Thousand okay. Years. Okay, got it. Got it was it. written to, but it was written to this amazing, amazing um, piano rendition mm. that was done by these guys called the Piano Guys. Mm. Um, so it was basically a piano and a cello instrumental. Um, and they did the instrumentals. These guys called the piano guys. They do some amazing, amazing, like instrumental, um, uh, uh, work. Um, they also do like these mashups. Like check out the Beethoven Fifth Secrets. Uh, uh, um, like whenever you guys have a chance, you should check that one out. It's, it's basically a mashup of, uh, Beethoven Symphony 
with um, secrets from One Republic, if I'm not mistaken. And so mm. they basically mash up the classical music and um, uh, and like you know, like your pop, uh, punk rock type stuff. Mm. But anyways, so that's so that so that's the instrumental I was listening to when I was I was I was writing this track. Um, and I just remember, so, so, yeah. Now, I see that you got hold of the lyrics. Guys, this is an exclusive. This is an off-cast exclusive. Wow, I feel honored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so, so, now that's my train of thought, because there's so many things going through my mind. Um, okay, so when I wrote the song, when I wrote this poem, um, I was still kind of playing around with poetry, and now I was starting to expand my writing capability mm. into um, less this sort of hip hop like influence, and more into this um, you know traditional type of not really traditional, but like more spoken word, more taking people on a journey, mm. right? And sort of moving away from the harshness and the aggression mm. of the hip hop. Uh, uh, elements that had that had influenced my poetry, mm. and now coming into into you know um, like expanding my poetry more into the sort of storytelling. Can I can I tell you a story? Mm. So that is why um, in the beginning, when you listen to the poem, literally the poem just starts with people often ask me why I write. So it's like I'm just having a conversation. It's like I, I was so literally when I wrote that, um, I was in a space where I was like. Like, I, I just, literally, I just had a conversation with someone about this, um, um, about about why I write, you know. And I've always been, it, it never ceases to amaze me how how my poetry, I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I think any artist out there can relate to what I'm about to say. How your art, when you put it out there, and you get feedback from people, and not all that feedback will always be positive. But like, the, like some of the feedback, yeah, feedback you get yeah. will will change you on a human level, mm. you know. And you do. And, and as I was doing poetry, it never ceases to amaze me how my poetry and my words could touch people who came from completely different walks of life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, walks of life, different backgrounds, upbringing, different perspectives, different. Just different everything, you know, mm. that, 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 um, that, that that my words could touch you to the point where you're like, you, you're like almost in tears. Like I've had people come to me on the verge of tears after I've done uh, my poetry. I mean, this particular mm. piece has literally brought people to like tears. Um, you don't it's, say. It's also, <laughs> no, for real, like, I mean, um, and, 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 and that's where... I, I kind of realized the power of poetry and the power of, of the spoken word and the power of storytelling. Mm. Um, that I, I'll never forget <clears throat> once, like, I think it was the first or the, I think it was the first time that I'd ever performed this poetry. I was at um, an, 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 an open mic of sorts, like a slam poetry, uh, mm. you know, type vibe at, at, um, at this bookstore at, at this bookstore in observatory in, in Cape Town called mm-hmm. Bolo Bolo Anarchist Bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like looking back now, I'm just like, wow, like some of the places and spaces we would hang out <laughs> and find ourselves in. Yeah. But so, so Bolo Bolo was this, was, was this bookstore. It's actually 
it was called uh, Bolo Bolo Anarchist Bookstore on, on I think it's Main Road or something, but an observatory. And they would mm-hmm. host these open mic okay. sessions, yeah. um, you know, like I think it was month or something like that. And so I performed this piece at that place, uh, Why I Write. And when I was done with this piece, this guy came he came up to me, James Fernie, I think his name was. And he's like, he was on the verge of tears. Like, literally, his eyes are like watery. <laughs> if, he, if he closed his eyes, they'll probably be like a teardrop or something, you know? Uh, but <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's so beautiful. Uh, you're so talented, blah, blah, blah. So, like, he's like really into it. And I'm just in awe of the feedback I'm getting. Mm. And right there, right there, he takes up my digits and he's like, dude, listen, we're having a benefit concert uh, at the Cape Town City Hall whenever when um, would you be interested in performing? And I was like, yes, mm. sign me up. I'll be there yesterday even. Mm. You know, and we exchanged details. And that was actually one of the first big gigs I got um, at the Cape Town City Hall. Like, it's still one of, like, my career highlights, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ramping up the bigger highlights. This, it's one of those moments that I look back on. I'm like, like it was a turning point in my career. But also that was the paid gig, by the way. Mm. So it, it bears a lot of significance because it was also the first time I realized that, oh, okay, fine. I can actually get paid for this. Like, <laughs> like, like, people would, like, like, I could make money from this. People would pay me <laughs> to like, stand up on a stage with a microphone and just like basically share my thoughts. Yeah. Like, oh, hectic. All right. Like, I could, I could do that. I, I could do that, you know. Um, <laughs> um, and, and I mean, mind you, I was, I, was a, I was a student at the time. So, like, ah, okay. like that, that's free money. Yeah. You know, that's free money. You know, like, you're doing something that you would be doing if no one paid you. And now someone's saying, well, we'll pay you. So, that was, like, really dope. Mm. Um, but, but at the time, um, coming back to where I was at the time, when I was writing that, I was really just in the space of exploring poetry. So like I said earlier on, one, I was trying to explore different ways of writing my poetry, exploring different writing styles. Mm. Um, You know, um, and I was actually also on a journey on my own, trying to understand what am I trying to do with this thing called poetry? Like, why am I here? Like, why does it matter to me? Why do I care? Why should I care? Why do I care? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm here at this, this, you know, amazing institution. I am doing uh, business science and finance and accounting. Yeah. Why am I, like, why am I doing poetry? You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why am I not just, like, being an accountant or, like, yeah. a banker? Like, why am I doing this poetry thing? And that, that's the space that I was in at the time, you know, um, I myself was in need of the motivation that this poem um, kind of gives, you know. Um, I was just feeling very conscious and aware of where I was in my life at the time and the struggles that I was I was facing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so the lines of, um, actually, you're like, people love this line. Uh, it doesn't take a man to raise a man, you know. My mom is a single parent mm-hmm. and I have an older brother. You know, I have an older brother, and I remember once my mom and I having this discussion about the the the, the this what's it, this this patriarchal mentality that it takes a man to raise a man that yeah. that a man raised by a woman or raised in a single parent household w- will never be a man will never you know be a man who can stand up on his own 
and be taken seriously as a man. Um, and I remember we were having this discussion because there was an article that was written in the Sunday Times uh, at the time um, by by one of their their, their columnists. I uh, can't remember the guy's name, but basically that was the message in the article that uh, you know women can't raise men. So a man raised in in a in, in a female-led household is not a man. Will never be a man. Um, which, 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 then I found interesting, and I still find interesting right now, seeing as that the vast majority of households in South Africa are female-led, mm. single parent-led, and they are female-led. Mm. So, if, 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 let's say, if, for <laughs> real, that is what you genuinely believe that you are a man who believes that, that you genuinely believe that, then you should show up for you know the women and the men in your life. You should show up for the for, for your yes. children. You know what yes. I mean? Like you should yes. show up for your offspring. Like the two cannot exist uh, with equal truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. you can't not show up and then believe that he's never going to be a man. It's either you believe he's never going to be a man and then you show up, yes. Yes. or you believe that it doesn't actually matter whether yes. he's raised by a man or a woman. In which case, it doesn't matter if you show up. Like the two yes. can't equally be true. Um, <laughs> but you see, once again, that like socioeconomic and political influence comes across in my poetry yeah. quite, a, quite a lot. But that's how I think about the stuff critically. Uh, um, I mean, the line about, um, uh, uh, what's it? Um, I'm trying now to remember the flow. Um, the line about, uh, about the girls and, um, you know, being submissive to the worst definition of a woman. Thank you. That's mm. the line. Being submissive to the worst definition of a woman. Um, that's very personal, you know, to me as well in, in my journey as well, you know, um, uh, and being comfortable in my own skin as well. It's very personal to me, that journey that whatever you see outwardly towards the world, um, you know, this, let me put it this way, this whole thing of, um, it's actually a line in one of the poems that you shouldn't look towards the world answers that you need to find within yourself yes because the world will only throw confusion at you because the world itself is quite confused and busy with itself mm. so there are some answers that if you look towards the world to give you they're just going to throw confusion right back at you those answers need to come within yourself and that's a journey but you need to the journey you need to go on um and so and so that's where that line kind of came from you know that as, as, as a woman, you don't need to be submissive to what the world or the media is telling you is a woman. Mm. What she looks like, what she dresses like, what she sounds like, you know, her height, her weight, the color of her hair, the texture of her hair, uh, you know, her profession, all those things. Those things, they don't matter. You define yourself as a woman, and that's mm. perfect. That's, that's okay. That's good enough. Uh, so yeah, so like that's kind of the space I was in when I was writing this poem. I was really just looking at like how do I want to impact the world? You know, what do I care about? Mm. Why am I doing this poetry? Why am I doing this thing we call life? Like what is like, like what do I want to achieve you from all of this that I'm doing? What's my purpose? I would say actually, um, you know, what's my purpose? What do I want to achieve? What's what's the legacy that I want to leave? Mm will actually live and leave. I want to live the legacy whilst I'm here. 
and mm. I and I want to leave it. Because <laughs> you, know? you must live the legacy so you can leave it. You can't just yeah. leave a legacy. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you actually have to build it and live it. And then when you're on, it, it, it outlives you. Mm. Um, mm. So that's where I was at mm. when I was writing Why I Write. I was just, I was really in the feels. Like when I think about this, or when I, when I listen to it, when I look at the lyrics, I'm just like, sure, you were really in the feels. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. But it's good feels. Uh, it's not feels for yeah, the sake of I feels. Mean, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 line, <laughs> I, I, the line about Judas is forgiven. Um, I just I, I just generally find the Bible to be an interesting text, mm. um, and I use and I use I use this word interesting quite a bit. But it's always I, I use it when I'm trying to describe something that just genuinely intrigues me. There's no there's no backwards or forwards or a left or a right mm, or a good or a bad. That's intriguing, yeah. I'm not, not trying. I'm, I'm I'm not trying to get to some sort of conclusion. Yes. Or trying to fix. Yes, something. you haven't picked a I'm side. I'm just saying. Yeah. Saying, you know what I mean? It just genuinely mm. intrigues me. I am interested in. Mm. Um, mm. You know, I just find the Bible to be such an interesting story. Interesting body it's the of whole work. Thing. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's a very interesting body of work. Although I think, you know, people might say that blasphemous to call the Bible a body of work. <laughs> this is not Twilight or Harry mm, Potter. Mm. You know, this is not Harry Potter and you're not uh, J.K. Rowling. You know? mm. um, but but I, just, I, I, I just find, like, when I wrote that lyric, I, I was like, what would you say to Judas? Like, if you could speak to Judas, what would you say to Judas? <laughs> and I... You know, whenever somebody wants to describe something vile or heinous, regardless of their religion, by the way, or if, if they believe in, like, religion, but if someone wants to describe someone who's just vile and disloyal and just a heinous human being, if you say, if you just say, oh, Judas, like, everybody, globally, people will relate to who you're talking about and just, like, the evilness of this human being, the guy who betrayed Jesus, yeah. Judas, mm. the Spanish Judas, mm. you know, Yakius, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and so I just, I, I, I just imagined that wherever Judas was, like in that moment, I would just, I just imagine wherever Judas was, wherever he is, I just wanted them to know that we forgive you, like, like you, like we all agree you, you stuffed up, you know? I mean, you betrayed Jesus, you know. <laughs> But it's okay. We forgive you. Like, mm. we, we forgive you. We've we've moved on, you know. And this, I mean, I'm using a very uh, maybe controversial example to 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 make a point about forgiveness and moving on. Mm. Like, it's, it's okay, Judas. It happened such a long time ago. He forgave you. Like the man you betrayed forgave you. You know what I mean? So, like, I'll forgive you, Judas. Like, I, I, I want Judas to know that he's forgiven. And then I and then I just thought about Adam and Eve, and I'm just it's like the apple mm. and that whole story, you know, mm. you know, like who ate it first and what actually happened. Like, 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 like I say, the 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 Bible for me is a particularly interesting, you know, mm. um, body of text, and you, you this also comes across in the poem Adam and Eve, mm. um, you know, because like. When you think about the couple Adam and Eve, they're I just I just like they're the first family ever. If you think about Adam and Eve, like they're the first couple ever. 
mm. and also the first family. Like they're like they're the original. They're they are the prototype. Um, and I mean, and this is whether or not you believe that the story of creation and Adam and Eve and the Bible and the text is true. Whether or not you believe it to be true, as your truth, is irrelevant to the mm. fact that this is on some. It, it's globally recognized. It's a globally mm. recognized story, mm. right? Um, but they were also a very messy couple. Mm. They they were just they were a messy yeah, couple. Yeah, yeah. They were a messy family, mm. you know. Um, <laughs> like because then the one child kills the other. It's just it's a messy. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just a that messy is, that family. Is such a twenty twenty you know way I mean? of describing it. Yeah. To the point where. <laughs> It's such a 2020 way. <laughs> yeah, of, of of describing um mm. uh, Adam and Eve. Yeah, like yeah, people are gonna listen to this and they think, oh my God, like Moses, he's a Muslim, sort of like antichrist. I'm not. I just like I like I said before, mm. I just find the book particularly interesting. Mm. But the point I was gonna make is that to the point where like sometimes I've, when I look at in this day and age, when I look at you know messy families and just look at sometimes how messy a family can be, mm. I'm just sometimes like, well, yeah, I mean Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, that was the thing. So like, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense that you know the modern day 2020 family would also be messy because mm. the original family was also messy. Like, you know, yeah. they weren't the perfect family. They weren't the Brady Bunch. Mm. Um, but yeah, so like. I keep digressing, but that's the space that's even a road why I write. No, I feel you. I totally so, yeah. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Remember to comment if you've got anything to contribute, share the material, um, and of course, anything that you have to say, anything that you want to contribute, please feel free to come forward. Okay? Get others to subscribe, and I appreciate all the support. See you next time, and we will offcast.